Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Giant T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Greg Barnes, and this is kind of an emergency podcast uh, breaking down the 2019-2020 UNC basketball schedule, which was released on Thursday. I am actually in Greensboro in my childhood home, getting ready to go to Winston-Salem for the Wake Forest UNC game, and joined by Greg, and Greg's obviously preparing for that Wake Forest game as well. What's going on, Greg? Not too much. We're at that point of the year. Ross, where we can start talking about basketball, but but football is in full swing. So it's going to be a hectic next really two months. Yeah, and of course, the it was a little bit different release. Usually we just get an email from the ACC followed by an email from UNC with the full schedule. Uh, last night, Thursday, we had to wait and kind of watch it on the ACC network. They made a big production of it. I actually didn't. UNC schedule was released pretty quick. So once I saw that, froze it, started typing up stories. And and then all the emails came out, but um, we were delayed by a, a women's soccer game and all that good stuff. But we have a schedule now. We're gonna dive right into it, not delay. Greg, your initial takeaways when you look at the ACC schedule before we kind of go into the non-conference and how it all breaks down from a um, kind of you know November, December, January, February type deal. Well, Ross, since you brought it up, let's go ahead and touch on the the ACC network aspect of this because if if you watch the schedule released on Thursday night, you know that it was not a smooth production. And I think we can kind of count on that uh, for this season as, as the ACC network is in this infancy, they're learning how to get things done. But when you look at this schedule, you will see that there are a lot of games that will be televised on the ACC network. So if you do not have that channel, you're not going to be able to see all of your North Carolina games. We're talking about the, the home opener against Notre Dame. ACC Network, that big game at Virginia in early December, ACC Network. And there's a handful of them once you get into the regular season. Uh, And then you've also got a lot of these TBA and ESPN channel. What that means is it could be ACC Network because that's ESPN, but it could also be ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. Uh, We're going to have to wait and see. And so that dynamic in in and of itself is going to be uh, interesting to watch. It could be concerning for some people, but how the ACC handles that component uh, will, will be very telling. And then in terms of just kind of a general thought of the schedule, we know we've talked years and years, Roy Williams does not back down from a tough schedule. And we, we know that the non-conference slate is rough. I think when you get into ACC play, you've got a, a pretty smooth uh, start and you have some really tough games late, especially some that are on the road. For sure. And I mean, what stands out initially is the first games against Notre Dame on the AC network. It's the first time, obviously, in my memory that UNC has started with an ACC opponent. You have that game. Not much to talk about it. It happens. UNC has to play. They're going to be a different team in November and December than they are in late January and February. And that's important to consider because they're going to have two ACC games um, before the, the calendar turns to 2020. Um, some Some easier non-conference games before we had to the Bahamas where they could face, they will face Alabama and then Iowa State or Michigan. So some power five, um, you know, big time conference games there. And then it, it gets pretty tough in December, Ohio State 
in Chapel Hill, and then at Virginia on December 6th. Wofford, a little break there for exams. Wofford, and then Gonzaga and UCLA on back-to-back road games. UCLA game is uh, in Las Vegas as part of the CBS Sports Classic. From those, that kind of section there, Greg, what are your takeaways? I mean, obviously the Virginia game stands out to me uh, along with uh, Gonzaga team that's always tough. Yeah, we don't know exactly how this team's going to come together early, but in looking at how the battle for Atlanta sets up, you think they probably can handle Alabama and probably Iowa or, or Michigan, um, you know, with Bayline now no longer in Ann Arbor. Uh, but on the other side of that bracket, you've got Gonzaga, who certainly will be a top 10 team, very good program under Mark Few. And then Oregon, Dana Altman did a really good job with that team this offseason. Uh, they, they had a very good program last year, very good squad, lost a lot of pieces, but he did a good job signing some big names. Uh, the Walker kid that North Carolina was interested in signed with him. He also got a couple grad transfers and I think a JUCO that's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so that could be a team that you know, could end up being a top 25 caliber team. North Carolina may not have to play both of those teams uh, in the Bahamas. However, the unique aspect of that is given that Gonzaga uh, probably would be the, the, the best team on that side of the bracket, North Carolina could play them on November 29th. And then, as you mentioned, they could turn around and have to play them again on December 18th uh, out in Spokane. So uh, two you, legitimate games there. Ohio State is going to be a top 25 program. Uh, at Virginia, you know, Virginia is going to be a work in progress, but we know that's a defending national champion. That's a, that's a, a team that Tony Bennett uh, has, has really constructed in his image, and I think that that's going to be a tough game up there. Uh, and then you don't really know exactly what UCLA is going to be like, but certainly a very difficult stretch. And I think that's one of the benefits when you leave uh, Las Vegas on December 21st, you've got a nine day break and you're able to come back, have some practices after Christmas, you play Yale, and then you have another four or five day break before ACC season starts. So uh, a good quality break kind of separating that difficult non-conference slate uh, before you get into the heart of ACC play. For sure. And uh, important to note that that Wofford game on December 15th is in Carmichael Arena, yep. which should be really cool, I think, for media, for fans, and definitely for the team there. Um, I, I, was there a conflict with the Dean Dome or something? But it was I think graduation cool. is on yeah. the 14th. And North Carolina, what it was is graduation is the 14th, and uh, it was regarding travel plans to Washington. They didn't want to leave, right. I think, maybe on Tuesday. Uh, for that Wednesday game, and so they they worked it out. And I think having that game at Carmichael, the last time I've seen a game in Carmichael was in 2010, the uh, NIT, and that was an exciting atmosphere. And I know they they've done some improvements since then. So so yeah, that that'll be exciting for for media and fans. And that's during kind of um, the Christmas break, winter break for UNC students. So maybe not as crowded. There will be enough room for fans and students that like it there. Okay, then, you know, you, like you said, the, the, the road trip out west to Gonzaga and Las Vegas first UCLA, Yale in December, and then ACC play starts uh, January 4th. They have three home games against Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, and Clemson. That's kind of where I think UNC can stack up wins. Um, all three of those teams, you know, you never know, but at home, Traditionally, Roy Williams has been very good against these teams, and nothing really stands out from those games. Jeff Capel at Pittsburgh, you know, obviously his second year there. They do play them again on the road 10 days later on January 18th, and that's kind of where I think it think gets a little difficult. They have Pittsburgh on the road, Virginia Tech on the road, Miami at home, and North Carolina State at home. Oh, sorry, in Raleigh there. 
But these are pretty run-of-the-mill ACC teams. There could be some struggles in that in that slate, but that's I think in January and early February is where UNC can stack up ACC wins. Uh, any thoughts there, Greg? Yeah, and one thing is I, I do not like the fact that North Carolina plays Pittsburgh on January eighth, plays Clemson, and then they play Pittsburgh again on the eighteenth. Yeah. Just for the fan uh, too, I think it's a it's kind of a bad setup. It is, and then you, you counter that with the fact that North Carolina opens the season against Notre Dame on November sixth, and then they don't play them again until February seventeenth. So you've got what three months between one opponent, and you have ten days between another opponent, uh, and that's just kind of the, the quirky dynamic there. It'll be it'll be interesting with the the first three games. I mean, you got Georgia Tech, Josh Pastner, uh under a lot of heat down there in Atlanta. Uh, Brunel at Clemson, kind of in the same boat. So a couple guys fighting for their their livelihoods. Uh, Capel's you know, young and uh, at least young in his job at Pittsburgh, so he's he's fine. Uh, and I think if you if you approach this schedule from what we know right now, okay, we know that that Virginia will ultimately be pretty good. We know that Louisville is going to be a top 10 team. That's a very good program right now. Chris Mack's doing a good job. They got a lot of guys back. Uh, Duke will be good. And then I, I think Notre Dame, I know Rex Fluger's only recently kind of gotten back into the flow of things. So he may not be as big of a factor in the home opener, but I think by the time North Carolina goes to Notre Dame in February, uh, if he's back up and running, that could be a, a pretty a pretty tough out. Um, I, I'm a big Mike Bray fan. I think he does a really good job. And that, that should be a team that bounces back pretty quickly from that down year last year. Um, so when you when you factor those in, you're talking about um, you know, all none of those teams really are in the, the first half of the schedule. Uh, those are all in the second half. So this is an opportunity for North Carolina to, to out of the gate, uh, get some really good wins. You know, Mike Young's the, the new head coach at Virginia Tech. That's probably going to be a work in progress. So there's really no reason, you know, not counting Notre Dame as the opener, not counting the Virginia game in December, just looking specifically at this January stretch, there's no reason North Carolina shouldn't expect to you know go five and one or at least or six and zero oh and at least five and one during those first first six games there. Yeah, it's important to note that we don't really know what this team's going to look like. Um, they lost a lot. We do expect Cole Anthony to play a big role, Armando Bacot to to be a factor inside. And maybe a very solid interior score and rebounder for UNC that's kind of lacked that in recent years. But we don't know how Christian Keeling and Justin Pierce are going to adapt and the growth of players like Rand Robinson, Leaky Black, into bigger roles uh, along with Garrison Brooks. But that is a, a discussion for a future podcast. One thing to note here, and we talked about off the air, is UNC has three instances of a Saturday Monday turnaround and all the Monday games are on the road, which means they play probably a Saturday night or Saturday afternoon and they leave the next morning. I would believe Sunday for a Monday game on the road, Raleigh NC state and Raleigh is the first one, but then February 1st against Boston college is a Saturday and they have to go to Tallahassee to play Florida state on Monday, February 3rd. That's the big Monday ESPN games. And they have that three times. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on how that affects the travel and how it affects the team in terms of recovery, conditioning. I know Roy Williams is not like those Saturday, Monday quick turnarounds. Yeah, and that first one you mentioned with it being in Raleigh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not really a travel hassle. The problem there is that uh, on Wednesday the 22nd, yep. you're in Blacksburg. So you turn around from a Wednesday night game. Then you've got to prepare for Miami at home. And then you go to state on Monday. 
So we're talking about three games in six days. That is a that is a tough turnaround. And then the other two, as you mentioned, one at Florida State, the other at Notre Dame. I mean, those are those are plane trips. Those are those are long uh, journeys for the team. And uh, it's just a matter. Yeah, it's a conditioning thing. You you can't if you practice uh, on Sunday, it's a walkthrough. Um, and you gotta you gotta make sure your guys are conditioned. And this is where you know, the, the unknown of injuries comes in. Um, you mentioned not knowing exactly how this team is going to shape up. That helps the first part of that ACC schedule because you're not playing maybe as as good a teams, not the upper echelon, and so they can kind of get accustomed to it. But they're also going to have to get accustomed to the grind, right, and playing these games your two and three days on three different occasions. That, that's tough for for inexperienced guys. It's tough for for freshmen, and so that's that's that is going to be a challenge for sure. Yeah, that just it just seems like. In that stretch, January 25th into you know early February with the Duke game on February 8th, which is a Saturday, and some road games in there, that could be a setup for dropping a game against Florida State or you know making one slipping against Boston College, and then it kind of moves into the Duke game, and that's a Duke game on Saturday. Both Duke games are on Saturday. I think we might as well go and talk about it now. That's different. That's new. Usually it's a Wednesday game, and then the last one's on a Saturday. Do you have any insight into that, or, or is it just mostly TV? I think it's TV, but kind of what's happened in, in recent years is you've seen the, the two Duke games get closer and closer. And one of the reasons is, is the ACC made a decision a number of years ago uh, that you know, such an emphasis is placed on the NFL that they wanted a highlight game, and this is ESPN as well, they wanted a highlight game after the Super Bowl to kind of draw people in. What bigger game than UNC Duke? And so one of the reasons they've pushed that Carolina Duke game back from January is that Super Bowl typically is that, that first Sunday in, in February. In the same way this year, it's it's uh, February 2nd. And so what we've seen in years past is maybe that Wednesday or Thursday right after the Super Bowl, here's North Carolina Duke. Let's get basketball season started. Um, but I think you can probably get a bigger draw and more interest in moving that to a Saturday game. And so I really like it. I think it's good for the fans, for one. But I think you can make more of a big deal about it. It gives you an opportunity. You know, If you're ESPN, you can have college day, game day uh, in Chapel Hill once, in Duke once, for sure, for these two affairs. You can have a, a lot of media attention there. And then I think for – I don't know about Duke in terms of football recruiting, but I know that for North Carolina football recruiting, I mean, that just screams junior day. If you can have all the kids in your know, after signing day uh, to come be on campus for the Duke game, that's got to be something that Mac Brown and his staff are, are excited about, as well as Roy Williams and his staff, that you're guaranteed a Duke game on a weekend where you can bring recruits in. Uh, and so I think on both sides of the aisle there, that's that's probably a good thing. Yeah, the recruiting thing for football is huge there. I didn't even think about that, but – Wednesday, you can probably get some in-state recruits. Obviously, a huge game with Duke. But Saturday, you can make a whole weekend of it and make it a big unofficial and official visits now um, for a Saturday game and bring in in out-of-state recruits who usually wouldn't be able to go to a Duke-Carolina game now that both are on Saturdays. Um, Okay, UNC gets Wake Forest twice in the latter half of their ACC schedule, February 11th and March 3rd. Uh, Wake Forest, I think, is in in a really bad situation with Danny Manning. I, I can't believe they brought him back. But he, I is, can't either. <laughs> he is in a huge contract. They have the new AD there. Um, but, I mean, they killed Wake Forest in Winston-Salem last year. 
They play them in Winston-Salem the first game, February 11th, and they host them on March 3rd. Uh, and then Virginia again, Notre Dame, Virginia at home, Notre Dame on a, on a Monday. That's another, that's another Virginia, Notre Dame is another Saturday, Monday turnaround and against two tough teams. Uh, the, the same challenges we talked about earlier exist there. And then at Louis, at Louisville. So that stretch is tough. You get off the Duke yeah. game, you get Wake Forest, but then it's Virginia, Notre Dame and Louisville in a, um, in a seven, I guess, yeah, seven day, I guess, eight day stretch there um th- th- i think louisville especially is going to be a tough a tough uh, game for the tar heels yeah for sure and, and louisville's they should be a top 10 team you know as we said earlier um so when, when you kind of look at it as i mentioned too notre dame by that point in time should have fluger back i would assume at full health uh, so that's going to be a good a good team and uh the joy center while it is in south bend which is not a basketball hotbed necessarily that's a really neat arena, and it can get loud. So if Notre Dame's having some success, that's a tough game. But, yeah, just the the Saturday-Monday turnaround makes it tough with Virginia coming in because Virginia is just kind of a, a grinded-out kind of game anyway. Uh, Louisville is going to be a big-time ball game uh, because those teams should be both good. And then you got State. I mean, and State's always a high-emotion type of game. We'll have to see exactly how good uh, the Wolfpack will be this year. You know, they lost some key pieces uh, but then anytime you go to Syracuse, that's always a tough game. Bayheim's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Wake gives you a little bit of a reprieve, and then you got Duke. So yet again, and it seems like we say this every year, or at least we have the last couple of years, uh, this closing stretch, really this this final you know, three or four weeks of the regular season, will decide you know what kind of seed North Carolina is going to get in the NCAA tournament. That's good if you win the games because you can prove that, hey, we are one of the top teams. But if you're not playing your best, you certainly can, can get on a slide here and, and lose maybe two or three in a row. Uh, and that's, that doesn't help your resume going into March. For sure. And, and that's about it. I mean, we don't know right now how good some of these teams are going to be. We don't know how good UNC is going to be. So it's kind of hard to really look at the ACC slate uh, without a couple games in the non-conference to kind of gauge each team. You know, always There's, there's always a, one ACC team that's picked to finish in the bottom half that can sneak into the top half. and um, and I think Virginia lost a lot, but they, they did return uh, Daikite and that freshman point guards back from the national championship team. And they're a system that I think is a plug and play situation. Duke will be really good, I think. Um, and obviously Louisville, Notre Dame, like we have mentioned. Um, that's all I got, Greg. I mean, it's kind of just going through it and, and looking at the high points, the tough parts, some, some cool games in the non-conference. Looking forward to the Bahamas with you and Jim and Tommy. Um, and then you have a big trip out west as well, and then a, some good slate of uh, the normal ACC home and away games, and getting ready for Bojangles in the Smith Center. Any more takes from you before we close this? Yeah, the only, the, the only thing I would I would add is, as you mentioned early, Ross, this team is really going to be a work in progress. I think it's going to be a team that Rui Williams really enjoys because he is going to have to mold them into a team. There are a lot of players right now, and he's going to have that ability to to kind of get them to be playing their best, you know, in February, which is what he's known for. Uh, but with as challenging as the opening stretch of games is, they're going to be a work in progress. And they're going to look sloppy some games, and they're going to be dynamic other games. And that's part of the fun of it. Uh, I know that that doesn't help the blood pressure of the fan base. Uh, but it, it, we should learn a lot about these teams as we're traveling on all these trips. And then once you get an ACC play, 
we'll know exactly what they're made up of. Um, and so I, I think the way the ACC schedule is, is set up with some of those early games in January, allowing them to kind of gradually work their way in before things get serious. I think that's, that's beneficial for this team. Yeah, and to add to that, I know you mentioned a lot with Rob Harrington on some of the uh, YouTube videos we did in the offseason. Uh, Cole Anthony will lead this team, but how he meshes with the, the returning players, the grad transfers, and the other freshmen, that will be a work in progress into the ACC slate. So we may not, you know, sometimes when you have a senior point guard, like, we ha- like UNC's had in the past, you know, by December it's clicking. Cole Anthony and Armando Bacot and some of the, the key grad transfers may not be clicking until February, and that's when we'll really see this team uh, move and, and that's what we always say and that seems to be a more of a talking point this season because of how many new players six new players along with some returning impact players who who haven't been in that role yet that's all i got uh for us we didn't do any ads because this is a short podcast and there's going to be a couple technical issues greg uh you probably weren't aware but you went out a little bit at the beginning we apologize for all that but we're f- focused on football wanted to drop a scheduled podcast for you you can have for the weekend um and that's it for us appreciate you listening on the inside carolina podcast presented to you by johnny t-shirt thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. brought to you by johnny t-shirt.com where to go for your next tar heel gear purchase